You tested your mic and then you moved it. That's testing one, two. Error number one. <laughs> Welcome um, back, guys. Sorry, sorry did I, I was it? I was gonna go. Um, and <laughs> did yes, I you it? did yell. Welcome back, guys. We finally have a name. Yes, we have a name. It's only been since October that we've been pushing off this decision, and we finally have one. I'm not sure it's a good thing to remind your audience of how incompetent we are. (laughs) (laughs) I know how thoughtful we are. Oh, is that? Yeah. It's just like this super thorough process we've been going through. So it's a good way not to be critical of us. I'm sorry for being critical. Yeah, thank you. Uh, We'll get to that later. Yeah, you got some chapstick on the mic as you were doing that. Oh, did I? Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's do this. Let's do the big reveal. Drum roll. Come on, come on. We gotta have a drum roll. Connor's getting in on this. Our mic has to sound. This has to sound super good on the podcast, by the way. Bro, the (laughs) drum roll just ended, and you're still talking. Who's renouncing it? Is you or me? I'll let you do it. You have the honor. Drum roll again. Drum roll again. (laughs) The new name is a little better. Wow, wow. So yes, the name is a little better. Drew, explain what is a little better. Why are we calling it that? What's the heart behind it? Yeah, the good news is I think no one's going to be critical of that name for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, I would, <laughs> especially I would with the series. If they, like, if they heard Sonny's message, everybody has to cheer that on because, or they're putting chapstick on. Like, what were they? Oh, chapstick time! Oh, yeah, that reminds me of a story from sermon feedback team that I want to tell when we're done. But go ahead, tell okay. us the backstory on the name. Write it down. In your, yeah, I think we were just trying to achieve, you know, one our mission. So we're a church of more and better, and we said in our, you know, our vision 2020 that we want to get better at better, and this is one of the places we're putting a lot of energy in. And better can be an intimidating thing. And so we kind of said, man, a little better. What does that look like? And so we kind of put it in these three, in this small phrase of like, we all know that we need to know God a little better. We need to do, act on what he teaches us a little better. So ultimately we can become a little better. And so and you look at that idea of, it's just this journey of us as followers of Christ. Um, people are trying to walk with God and the journey of sanctification, which just simply means becoming a little better. Hmm. And it's a combination of increased knowledge, uh, more faithful obedience, and results in us being together as a group better at following Christ. And so hopefully as we discuss sermons or sermon related thoughts, or I guess whatever comes up on the podcast, we're getting to know God a little better. Yep. Um, we're talking about life application. You and I are going through Our here's struggles, where I'm good and yeah. bad where, and hopefully we'll be bringing in guests, their experiences, all that kind of stuff. We're going to understand what application looks like. And collectively, I believe we can get a little better. So let's get a little better. Let's do it, man. Let's get a little better. Let's jump in and talk about stuff from Sunday. So we started off, you kiss your mother with that mouth, which I think we need to start phrasing it as a question. We keep saying it as a statement. It's you kiss your mother with that mouth. Right? That's how we should be saying it. Samuel Jackson says it the best. (laughs) He does. I believe that. (laughs) He also, never mind. YouTube it, listeners. You'll get a good laugh. (laughs) Um there will be other things you find on YouTube that Samuel L. Jackson says that you shouldn't <laughs> spend too much time on. Anyway, um, I wish I hadn't said that. Sermon feedback team. Let's talk about a funny story. So on Thursdays, Drew pre-preaches his messages because he's awesome, and we give him a, we have a chance to give him some feedback. Some just, some feedback. <laughs> the meeting's only like two hours. So. <laughs> um, we typically start with things that we liked, and then we move into the things that we think could improve. And so we got done with the things that we liked, and then uh, Adam Congan runs that meeting, and he goes like, okay, so any thoughts of things that Drew could change? And we all went, no, 
Yeah, nothing. Nothing. I don't think there's anything. We were all saying, who, after just hearing about how we shouldn't be critical for 35 minutes, is going to turn around and be like, yeah, well, I didn't like how you said it. didn't change you guys long to change your opinion, though. Yeah, it only, it it only like, took one It was one like a solid joke. like three seconds of silence. Everybody was like, uh, okay, here we go. Well, I guess if I have to, if you're forcing me. <laughs> you asked the question. There was a lot of chapstick. And I also think the funny side effect of the chapstick, which was... Can I shout out Courtney Dyer? Because oh, that yeah. was her idea. Courtney Dyer is on our team. She's, I don't even know what her title is other than she's our HR boss. director. Oh, okay. Yep. HR director. She's on our senior leadership team. She, she pitched that idea and I think it's brilliant. It's so funny. Um, but it has created what is ultimately just a passive aggressive way to express a critical thought. Yes. Namely that if you're in a meeting and you see someone like super flamboyantly pulling out some chapstick and then like, <laughs> lavishly applying it while staring at whoever is talking, that probably means they don't love what you're saying. It's true. I've had some people tell me that I'm, I need my chapstick. So, um, <laughs> I did throw some chapstick at you yesterday. That <laughs> is true. <laughs> okay. So we talked about, uh, critical people and there's, oh my word, there's so much to discuss here from what it feels like to receive criticism to where we struggle with criticism, how to handle criticism. My goodness. So where do you want to start? Let's, Let's just jump in and say, uh, how do you struggle with criticism or where do you in your own life? I know this, uh, no one should ever say this, but, you know, especially after a message like that where I'm like, oh yeah, you're thinking about the people who need to hear this. I think, you know, of the things that I struggle with, with my mouth, criticism is kind of low on the totem pole. And I don't got other struggles, people. Let me tell you, that is very true. (laughs) Um, Usually it's saying things I shouldn't say and not critical ways. But I mean, I I, because in my my job and this isn't like in a woe is me type of message. It's just the reality of what I do. I receive a lot of criticism and I would say the biggest area of struggle when it comes to being a critic is I actually just critique my critics. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the biggest struggle is like, how could they say that about me? Or, or they have no perspective or they have no clue. Or, you know, I can almost become bitter towards people who are maybe in the right way trying to offer me, you know, a healthy perspective. Sure. But, you know, my natural response to criticism is to criticize the criticism that I just received, you mm-hmm. know. But I would say in the nature of what I do, I try not to be a critical person because I know the the pain and the weight uh, that criticism sits on my shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a reality of like, no one likes it. And the more you get of it, the more it weighs on you. And so I have naturally just become a less critical person because I know the sting and the weight of criticism. Sure. And that's a pretty cool characteristic. I'm like in many things, I'm kind of the opposite. <laughs> I would say I am naturally pretty critical. I like to think of myself as, uh, I notice things that I don't like, <laughs> or I'm, uh, I have high standards. The or positive I don't know. way to say that is detailed. There You're we go. a detailed, okay, detailed person. But at the end of the day, what I am is I can just be very critical. Nothing's quite good enough. Nothing's quite the way I would do it. I know, you know, Lauren has to deal with this in our life where I can be like, yeah, great. Hey, have you thought about doing it this way or whatever, you know, offering suggestions all the time and Oftentimes those are well-intentioned. At least I like to think they are. I'm often thinking, oh, wow, you're doing, you know, whatever. Somebody at work is doing a task and it's like, yeah, that's cool. Hey, did you know if you used this app, it would be faster or something? Mm. But if you do that enough times, what I've learned or I'm trying to learn is (laughs) if you're the, hey, have you ever thought about or you could enough times, 
eventually you're just the nothing is ever good enough. In fact, wow. I just thought of a super personal story that I'm going to tell. Yeah, I'll tell it. Okay. So uh, Jeremiah Vrogop was a intern that came to Northridge two summers ago. I worked with him. Awesome dude. I mean, like, for one, he went to college a year early. So he's an 18-year-old okay. after having already finished his freshman year of college. Super capable, incredibly talented. Loved working with him. He's at the Henrietta campus. Our, our family down there will remember him. But he was really gracious, and I learned a lot from him. I'm, I, don't plan, I don't claim to be a great supervisor or something, but he got to the end of the internship. I gave him his final eval, and at the end of his final eval, I asked him, like, hey, what, would, what could I do differently as a supervisor? And, dude, it, this rocked my world. He, the thing he said to me was, hey, Aaron, I loved working with you. It was really great, but honestly, I wish that one thing I had given you by the end of the summer you had told me the first time I did it that it was good enough. Hmm. And that really, honestly, is a summary of how badly I started started struggle with criticism that everything he did, I was thrilled with his work. If you had asked me, I would have said he's an A-plus intern, but he felt like by the end of the summer, I never gave him one thing that he didn't have something that could have improved. Hmm. And that was just like, ugh, here I am, this super capable kid that I'm finding something wrong with everything he does. Yeah. And that's like... Again, well-intentioned, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I was, I was harboring a spirit of criticism because I thought my opinion, my way was always the best way. And I had, I had mixed up my opinion with reality. And mm. that is... Would you say that's terrible. like one of those moments where you realize how, how painful criticism can be and how, yes. how, how much impact... Like you, you probably didn't even think much of the things that you were saying. Oh, you didn't no. think like, oh, this is really having much of an impact. It's just... It's almost like you're declaring information. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, it was my job. It was like, hey, good, but say it this way next time. Hey, good, but, hey, good, mm. but. And everything came with a but. Everything came with a but. And if you do that long enough, even as a friend or as a boss or as whatever, that no longer feels like I'm being helpfully mm. encouraging. It just, you're just a critic. So let me ask you a question because I'm, I'm interested in this because I'm, I would view myself as a low critical person mm -hmm. and, but a person who takes a lot of criticism, um, they, I think those two play hand in hand. So you would consider yourself pretty high critical person. Yeah. How do you handle criticism? Is it devastating to you or is it like, oh, I, I give this out a lot, so I should take this a lot. Like me, yeah. when I don't give a lot of criticism out, I feel like I shouldn't be criticized. This is like my natural, like I'm not criticizing anybody else, so don't criticize yeah. me. <laughs> I'm laying over you, you lay on me. Right, exactly. Yeah. With your perspective, you give a lot of criticism. How does that pan out in your life? Dude, you nailed it on Sunday. You said that we're motivated by pride. I don't expect a lot of criticism or feedback on my stuff because the reason I'm giving feedback is because I think I'm right. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm, sho I'm as shocked as anybody by, by critical feedback or critical comments, even if well-intentioned. I'm as shocked as anybody because I'm like, no, no, I did it right. It's like, mm. what do you mean you have thoughts for me? I mean, of course I have thoughts for you because I'm right, but I don't expect to get any from, I don't expect to get anything back. I did it right. So it and surprises you, but also- It hurts me. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, yeah, okay. I, yeah, like I am, I am as hurt and cut by negative feedback as anybody, even though I give it out a ton. And so like what that ought to be doing is that I should be reducing my amount of feedback, but it takes people like Jeremiah who have been gracious to me how have dealt with my years, I mean, months in his case of criticism to say, love you. I actually really enjoyed my time with you. Just can you lay off mm. with the criticism to go, 
shoot. And I think Joe Nealis, the guy I had next summer, I hope, I pray, maybe he got a little less of that because yeah. Jeremiah took the weight. Who do you think is the most person, the, the person you're the most critical to? Oh, man. This is right on the spot. Okay. Um, I think the people that work close to me with me at work, I'm sure Matt and Lara and Rachel feel the, because these are the kind of people I'm nitpicking, but on staff, probably you. I probably give you more, hey, have you thought about why not this? You're probably the person I nitpick more than anybody. So this is, feels like I'm So I, I want to make an announcement to our church. <laughs> oh, uh, <no. laughs> that was, I've never thought about that quite that way. Shoot. I didn't know you were going to answer that way, by the way. Wow. This just got real on the podcast. <laughs> oh Let's go, goodness. baby. Let's I'm go. Like, I'm like sweating so badly <laughs> right now. Can I, what about you? Who are you most critical of? Yeah. You, I w- you talked about Malachi, but. Yeah, I would say church people. Okay. You know, I, I, what's sad is criticism can make this heart jaded towards mm. people who, you know, who are churchy, who always have an opinion and always feel like they should share their opinion. And right. again, those are exaggerations because I've taken a lot of criticism. I feel like it's kind of accurate, but uh-huh. I, I can become jaded towards religious people who always have something to say. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what it feels like to me. Um, I would say that and my wife, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I am closest to her. And so I see her flaws, you know, in a relationship. I think when you talk about marriage, the hard part about marriage is you live with somebody, you go to Mm. bed with somebody, you you see them brush their teeth, you see every, every flaw that's there. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to just pick those apart. It's easy to nitpick and that can cause some destruction in marriage. I would say those are the two, two biggest, you know, one, my wife, and then, kind of Christians, churchy people in general. Yeah. One thing that came up while we were thinking through this talk was how we should be putting on chapstick, but maybe we should also be putting on hand sanitizer (laughs) (laughs) Um, to try to prevent some of the criticism that comes. Why do you think, or do you see a world where uh, digital criticism is more common than verbal criticism. Oh, I think we're living in that world right now. It's so much easier to hide behind a screen. Mm-hmm. And social media, I mean, Twitter, Instagram, it's so easy to, you know, post on. It, what's interesting is not only do we critique people we know, but we critique people we have no clue or have never met. We just, again, it's that we don't have the context, but exactly. we you see what about they post. Sunday. We don't yeah. know their motives, their heart behind it. And it's like, huh. I mean, one of my, this is sad. I'm, I'm sad to admit this. One of my favorite things to do is go on social media and not post or comment, but just to read all the arguments and criticism <laughs> people read. So I'm like, you, this is getting awesome. Here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. And I, I don't know why. can get pretty crazy. <laughs> again, this is maybe so sad of my heart, but the reason why I like it is because because it's not directed towards me. <laughs> I know that's so sad, but I'm like, finally, someone knows what I go through. <laughs> oh you know, goodness. again, that's hilarious. And you're right. Probably terrible, but it is terrible, but th- it's just the truth. I mean, again, yeah. this podcast is to help us, you know, grow together. And I think probably a lot of people can relate to that. It's like, whew, yeah, I'm, I've, I don't know if I've ever been in a critical, like, I just, it's just not who I am. It, mm-hmm. it almost makes me laugh. Like, I, I said, like, do these people actually think this person cares about what sure. you're saying about them? Right. And maybe they do. Maybe they don't. It, I think at some level, we've, or maybe we'll even get to this about how to respond to criticism. It doesn't matter how, um, you know, high up the totem pole you get somewhere. I'm sure 
there are lots of examples of even celebrities who have made fake accounts so that they can interact with trolls and stuff like that (laughs) happens all the time. So it doesn't matter where you go. You're, you're always going to be impacted by even some, you know, person who has no idea of your life or no idea of your context. If they get after you on social media, you basically just have to have never read it for Mm. it to truly not impact you. You know, there are, how to deal with a troll is like a whole new field of human existence that we're honestly just exploring for the first time. Because when in human history have has every single person had a microphone loud enough to get to the people that they don't like? Yep. <laughs> like, it's they never didn't have before. access to. <laughs> they didn't have access. So you could... Now, they might have been writ- writing about it in their you know letter to the editor of their small town paper, but it wasn't going to get... You know, to the politician or that celebrity or to their pastor, even, you know. And so now everybody can. And so we're, we all have to learn how to deal with criticism. And I, I think keyboard courage is a thing. I think people know they feel entitled to give their full opinion as an expert just because they have a loud microphone called, yep. you know, social media. But how do we, how do we respond? Or sorry, were you going to say, I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, I think in this message, there are two really important questions that we have to answer. When should I criticize mm-hmm. and how do I respond to criticism? Okay. So, you know, if you are a critical person out there listening or in the room, you know, or <laughs> looking me in the eyes currently, when, sh- when, when eyes. should I criticize? I think that's a great question. Okay. Mm-hmm. When do I know, hey, this is the right time to send something? And I think one, relationships matter. Yeah. You know, they're huge. What's my relationship with this person? If you don't know them or have some sort of, sort of relationship, with them, it's probably not your place to criticize. Mm-hmm. It, it probably isn't. I mean, I, there might be some, you know, exceptions to that rule, but in most cases, a relationship, I'm not talking about like a personal, I'm talking it's about a like a good rule of thumb. You, if exactly. You, you know, a relationship, I'm talking about like you, you go to that church, that person is the pastor of your church. I'm just sure. doing that example. Like that, that would consider a relationship. Um, two, is it worth it? Mm. You know, like, is it worth it? And what's my motive? I think these are two great questions. Like, Will this actually help or is this going to crush somebody? Mm-hmm. And is this, is what I'm talking about are going to criticize really worth the conversation? You know, mm-hmm. I think those are some good questions that you need to ask. And then how do you respond to criticism? You asked me that question. Um, here's what I do. Um, I think I have learned one to determine what criticism I should hold on to and which criticism I should discard. Mm-hmm. There's certain criticism that you get that you just need to throw away, never read again, and don't take seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an email this weekend from somebody who I, I don't want to call them crazy, but they seem a little bit crazy. And their criticism of me was like not even close. Like, mm-hmm. I just discarded it. It was like, sure. you know what? Anonymous criticism, I usually don't take seriously. If, mm-hmm. if you want to have a conversation with me and be serious, like, okay, just, just tell me who you are. But sure. if you're going to write some things and it, you don't want to put your name to it, like, I'm probably not going to take it that seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I do with like criticism that comes from a good friend or comes from somebody that has that, that whole, you know, has a relationship with church, church, church. Even if you're not like close personal friends, they go to exactly. our church that you have a relationship in that sense. One of the questions I always ask is, what's the nugget of truth in here? You know, I I think they didn't write this criticism to just destroy me. You know, I I don't really see that motive in anybody. Um, But what is like, some of the things they might say, I might not agree with, but what is the kernel of truth there that I can learn from, that Mm -hmm. I can grow in? And I often take that and ask somebody else, hey, someone sent this to me. So it it could be my wife, could be like a, a staff member or whatever it is. Hey, 
is there any of this you see in me? Sure. Is what is What's what is the here? nugget yeah. of truth here that I need to learn from? And I think that's how you can respond to criticism in a healthy way. And for me, you actually gave a talk to our staff once that helped me think through as a critical person, um, like the the reality that if I need if when I'm going to give feedback, do I have a relationship? Is it worth it? But then also checking my motives. What what do I hope comes out of this? Mm. If what I hope do I hope that they'll improve? Do I hope that I'll look smart? Do I hope that they'll do it my way? Because that's another thing. I, for, again, like I said, for me, I'm not actually hoping that you'll that there's like an obvious thing you need to do better. I'm just actually hoping you'll do it my way. Mm. And there's a difference. You know, yeah. I need to begin to see the validity of other people's approach, not just their discrepancies with my tendency. That's so, good. yeah, and I think looking for the nugget is massive. My insecurity is the thing that stands between me doing that. So, uh, thanks, thanks for that. All right, we're probably near our time here. So, yeah, people's drives are about done. They're, they're sitting in the parking work, lot. Sitting in the parking lot. It's like, guys, wrap this up. So <laughs> let's, let's finish let's it. Let's wrap this so up. So this is, I guess, the first official episode under the new title. A little better. In the weeks to come, you will probably get some new. I don't know. I don't want to say too much. But we might get like some new music. Right. Oh shoot, we might have a new little intro. It's gonna be cool. But thanks, guys, for tuning in to a little better. And hopefully, we all got 